Welcome back, listeners, to Hindsight is Horrifying, your most favoritist slash hatest of all podcasts. This week, we are actually discussing the movie from 1980, Caddyshack. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, this was Jason's pick, so he's going to tell us a little bit about it. Uh, so, Jason, let's hear about Caddyshack. Caddyshack, is, it's a great movie on its own merits, but I think it's also a great movie because it sort of offers a preview of so many things to come. This is, of course, uh, directed by Harold Ramis. It was the first movie directed by Harold Ramis. A.K.A. Egon. Egon Spangler. From, yeah, from, from Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yep. Yeah. Um, the, at this point, futuristic Ghostbusters. Yeah. This this was the movie that was sort of uh, Harold Ramis's chance. If he, if he did good on this, he was going to have a career. If he didn't do good on this, it was going to be sayonara. That's all there is. And uh, it ended up grossing what was, in 1980, the astronomical sum of $40 million. Whoa. Yeah. I think there are Revlon commercials nowadays that make more than $40 million. Well, the actresses yeah. uh, that, you know, yeah, act in, in those commercials yeah. make more they than $40,000, I would imagine. Um, but this is a movie that it has a an ensemble of character of, of actors and actually actors that you don't typically see all in the same place i mean it's a very strange mix you've got on the one hand you've got chevy chase you've also got bill murray who apart from saturday night live i don't think we're ever in anything together uh i don't know about that but uh bill murray his brother was actually part yep, of the Brian. production of this movie yeah we- he was uh he was the uh, the boss of the caddyshack that was Brian Doyle Murray. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and we can get around to that because yeah. I've got a couple of different mental floss facts to share. But uh, this was, yeah, like you said, Harold Ramis got to direct his first project, but he'd been a screenwriter before, particularly on Animal House. Yeah. And uh, one of the, it's kind of like the pitch that uh, Reitman did for Ghostbusters where he was like, it's ghost janitors. Yeah. And that was yeah. it. So, yeah. Uh, Brian Doyle Murray, who, you know, was a big part of this movie, the concept of the movie was Animal House on a Golf Course. Yeah. And, and, and you know, look, back then you could probably pitch that to a uh, a studio and they would go, okay. Yeah. Well, especially back in the 80s, it's kind yeah. of like our, our whole Night Court episode where it's like, oh, uh, there's a, an old baseball player who's running a bar and that's Cheers. And you run well, with it from there. Yeah, that was a lot of 80s this, concepts. This movie, if you think about it, could just as easily have been a pilot for a TV show. Oh, 100%. Th- there could have been an 80s uh, sitcom called Caddyshack. Yeah, I would, I would have watched it. And actually, you even conceivably could have had people like Bill Murray or Chevy Chase in that series. Um, but you've also got Rodney Dangerfield. And I... I did not realize until I was doing research for this show. I didn't realize that this was the movie that made Rodney that, Dangerfield in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I, I always thought Rodney Dangerfield had just been established as an actor for years, but he wasn't. He was a stand-up comedian. Well, he was. It it basically helped him earn Hollywood's respect, according to the Mental Floss article that I found. Because, like you said, he was sort of an institution in and of himself throughout most of our lives. Uh, despite how old you are, Jason. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Rodney Dangerfield was, yeah, he's, he's. I mean, back to school, um, and I think they made, like... The original Billy Madison, you mean? 
yeah. <laughs> Takes yeah. up with college. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, but that was the thing is that Rodney Dangerfield apparently had a really tough time on set and he felt like he wasn't funny because no one was laughing at his jokes. Uh, where So Scott Columby or Columby, who plays Tony D'Annunzio, the uh, John Travolta of the golf course, if you will. Yeah. Uh, he basically had to reassure Rodney who, Dangerfield that he Whose sexual orientation is not in any way in doubt. Uh, no, no. He hit on all the girls so aggressively. Uh, but yeah, Tony D'Annunzio basically had to reassure Rodney Dangerfield, no, you're funny, but audible laughs will mess up a take in right. a movie. So, right. you know, that- people can't be laughing at you. And that was kind of the setting anyway, because we're at Bushwood Country Club, where... Yeah. Obviously, Rodney Dangerfield is the very rude and, and abrupt that, character. And you have to think, for somebody who uh, whose career has been in stand-up comedy, I mean, he was, you know, I think the the, the reason that he was on um, everybody's radar was because of his appearances on Johnny Carson. Because uh, he was a regular on The Tonight Show right. when he was just doing stand-up. And it's got to just be the weirdest thing in the world for someone who is trained to judge how well you're doing based on other people laughing. Yeah. If and, if they based... don't, and if they don't laugh at you, it means you're doing bad. Exactly. You're yeah. bombing. Yeah. Stand-up comedians have to base their whole career on other people's reactions. And on a movie set, and I know you and I have both had experiences on movie sets, it's the silence is almost deafening. Oh, yeah. And it's so awkward yeah. because even uh, listeners, you may not know this, but during dancing scenes at clubs and whatnot, there's not really actual music pumping and there's it's not really a club scene. It's usually a metronome of some sort ticking away the beat so that all or a the flashing light. Sometimes they'll do that. They'll, yeah. They'll just have a light flashing somewhere. So that at least all the actors, both background and main, can actually keep time with each other so that, yeah. you know, somebody's not waltzing in the background at Night well, at yeah. the Roxbury or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. it's just, it's so awkward, the silence that they need on set. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's where Quiet on the Set really comes from. Well, and, you know, for the rest of the cast, you know, I mean, obviously you've got a lot of uh, Saturday Night Live. Uh, talent here with with Bill Murray and Chevy Chase and Chevy Chase you know Bill Murray's funny in this he is funny oh he's in my opinion the most memorable character along with he's the definitely gopher. the most memorable oh the gopher is the best character uh, yo, yeah for sure I, lo- because... I I want that I want a puppet of the I would pay serious money well to have that what's really funny about the gopher is that he was an afterthought because they had to get a through plot for the entire movie because it was looking kind of piecemeal when they first put it together. Yeah. The gopher actually didn't come in until after they had shot everything and then they had to sort of include him. See, and that that makes sense and it and, and again that goes back to what I was saying about why the movie's so interesting because you've got Harold Ramis, you know, he's directing for the first time. This is this is sort of like, oh, yeah, look what Harold Ramis is going to be capable of in the future. And it was only, I think, one or two years later that he wrote Stripes, which was uh, just, I mean, it, it, that stands up as, a, as just a classic of, of that era of comedy. Great Bill Murray movie. Um, and then, of course, in what, 84, you've got Ghostbusters, which he didn't sure. write. Uh, oh no, he did write. He, I yeah, think he yeah, co-wrote he, he with Dan Aykroyd. Aykroyd yeah. yeah, yeah, because yeah, because um, co-wrote Ivan and Reitman. Yeah, yeah, Ivan Reitman directed it. Yeah, yeah Reitman so, yeah. was the director. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it 
it, we're at this classic moment right now where Bill Murray is basically telling one of the caddies on the green that he used to caddy for the Dalai Lama. The Dalai Lama. Uh, the Dalai Lama. <laughs> and it, what's really great about this is that he's got – Bill Murray inexplicably has a really, really sharp hay yeah. fork in yeah. his hands, and he's yeah. just sort of poking this poor caddy with it. Like, I used to caddy for the Dalai Lama. And this is what happened back in... He was going to stiff me. Yeah, he was going to stiff me. And it just... And the caddy's just sitting there. And And that's real, man. This is the way... Yeah, that emotion on that caddy's face is 100% real. Because, yeah, Bill Murray could literally put that hay fork through his neck at any moment. And that would be it. But uh, Bill Murray, uh, his brother was such a big influencer of this movie. And it turns out that... That's because Bill Murray and his brother actually used to work at a golf course when they were younger. I, I think a few. I think you even like. Uh, I think Harold Ramis did too. I think a lot of them used to be caddies. Well, Harold Ramis actually confirmed that he had never played golf in his life, so he may have worked as a caddy, but he had never played golf at all yeah. before this movie, or even after this movie came along. But the Murray brothers, who worked on this movie together, Bill and his brother, they and that was where the sort of Catholic family came into play too yeah, because yeah. they had uh, oh yeah the Murrays were a big family yeah they yeah. had tons of siblings yeah. and well there's another brother in this movie isn't there but he's got like a bit part or like in one of the I, I think one of the younger brothers is like one of the other caddies I'd have to look it up in this um, article that I've got to see if I've got anything but we've we've sort of bypassed Chevy Chase so far and what I which love- is a shame because he's my favorite part of the whole movie no 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 just just his whole his whole shtick is His great. Whole, it's so pure Chevy Chase. Whenever she, uh, later on in the movie, when, um, oh, God, I can't remember her name. Uh, the granddaughter or niece. The of, niece. Uh, uh, is it Lacey? The judge. Lacey Underthings? Oh, I don't know. But Lacey the Underall. judge's niece. The yeah. blonde girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who had some real issues with this movie. Surprise. Um, Shocking. She, she, yeah. was, she wasn't portrayed as... Um... She she was not comfortable with the nudity. She wasn't comfortable with... Um, I, I think Harold Ramis ended up even telling a story that someone at the studio basically told her... Because Harold Ramis, when she said she didn't want to do the nude scenes, I think Harold Ramis said, that's fine. You know, like, that that's okay. We don't, we don't need them. We okay. don't have to do it. But apparently the studio... Yeah, because per- they're pretty gratuitous, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, it's... it's We want to get an R rating. You know, we want to get... Uh, if you're going to be Animal House on a golf course, I guess there's going to yeah, be some Yeah, you nudity. have to do stuff like that. God you know? forbid the men yeah. get nude, but the girls sure as hell Chevy Chase uh, slides down the slide nude. Oh, my God, he does. Yeah, he slides down it nude. Yeah. Oh, man. Maybe I just blocked that out out of self-preservation. Uh, not that he wasn't a good-looking man back in his day. It's just I know Chevy Chase as he is now. So Well, but apparently the story is that the studio said, tell her if she doesn't do the nude scene, she'll never work in Hollywood again. Which I don't think she ever did after this movie anyway. She, I don't she know did. This, did she? She did. Um, she's, I think, done uh, – I think she did more TV work. I know, like, the um, the person who plays Danny – um the the star yeah uh he the star caddy of the movie yeah the yes. star caddy he has done uh, quite a bit of tv work well and let's go back to that for a second because the whole premise of the movie is not necessarily animal house on a golf course it is an actual story of danny growing up in a 
supremely Catholic family with about 40 children from what you can see from the yeah. opening scenes yeah. uh, when Kenny Loggins is singing I'm Alright. So there's that. But basically there are so many kids in his family that he's got to support himself and get himself through college. Uh, so it comes down yeah, to him thir- getting... 30 bucks at a, you know, a time. You yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. He earned 30 bucks in a day at, uh, you know, caddying, and that would get you literally nowhere today. Yeah, but back yeah. in 1980, that was a lot of money. Because yeah, he said what tuition was 8000 a year. Which, Something like that. Which, you know, I was thinking about that, like, that... That See, was a considerable that amount really back then. really expensive for 1980. Yeah, because I went to Kennesaw State, and it did not cost that much per semester. Yeah, I, I, it didn't cost anywhere near that much for me. I went to a state school, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and Go it, Owls. Hootie hoo. Yeah, I... Uh, no, it wasn't nearly that much. But, you know, I mean, it, it's a movie. Who cares? Who knows? That's but... there just to move the plot along, and they don't even do an effective job of explaining it in the end. Not explaining the tuition, but Danny does sort of get his goal. He kinda. he goes out to get the caddy. Well, no, that's right, because he sort of messes it up by yeah, sleeping yeah, yeah. with the judge's well, knees. Well, no, he gets the scholarship even after he, he sleeps does. with her. He screws it up by helping Ty and uh, or Chevy Chase and, and Rodney Dangerfield. Because, you know, because right. they pick him as their ringer. And the judge is like, I guess you really don't want that scholarship, do you? I guess I don't. But then, you know, Ty and Rodney Dangerfield have all this money, and it's only going to cost... This much to send Danny to college. You know, $32,000. It's an $80,000 match. You know, I think they could probably go ahead and help the kid out. Yeah, that's (laughs) true. So Danny does get to go to college at the end of the movie, as far as we're aware. Whether he does it, we'll see. But... This movie, uh, we're at a really good racist moment right here. <laughs> yeah, this is really sticking it to the country club set. Oh, big time. Because uh, the judge is sitting there and asking for a polish on his shoes. And what does he say, Jason, where he pisses off the porterhouse? He, the porterhouse? Porter, porter, that's what he, I think that's what he calls him, porter something. The porterhouse is a steak. It, he calls him porter something. I don't know. Oh. Uh, well, no, I he said. He, no, no he said. He says a Jew, a Catholic, and like and, a and a colored. Okay, yeah, walk he, into yeah, a because bar. he gets he he gets yeah. the porter person to shine his shoes, and then he starts telling a racist joke, and so Porter starts immediately destroying the judge's golf shoes on the grinder, like mother. Yeah, yeah which really doesn't make any sense because it's probably a great way just to get fired, you know. Um, yeah, no matter but, how racist the eh, judge is whatever. being. They were all so hammered when they were making this movie. I would have to assume so. Oh, they were. And that was one of the big problems with production on this movie, was okay. that they uh, the call times every day slipped further and further back because every single night the uh, the cast was... They were all staying at, like, a, I think it was a motel. Oh, no. And every night, they said it was basically like Animal House every night, and then Caddyshack in the daytime. Oh, God. So Chevy Chase, Rodney Dangerfield, they Bill Murray are all getting hammered, hammered together. All of them. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, except for um, except for the judge, because he apparently got really pissed off by it. 
I can was, sort of see that. <laughs> That's you know, in keeping with his character. Yeah, I mean, well, he's a veteran actor. He, you know, he was in. I mean, he's uh, he's the B. Arthur of this troupe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, he's, he doesn't have time for this nonsense. Yeah, he's he's what Ted Baxter from Mary Tyler Moore. You know, <laughs> I mean, he's he the 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 guy's. You know, he has his acting chops, and he probably thought, look, it's a job. Can we just make this? Sure. But this was the heyday. This was when the Saturday Night Live crowd. Was really starting to make movies. Oh, yeah. Those guys were kings of the world. Yeah. You know? And, you know, back when Saturday Night Live was actually funny. Yeah, a long so, time ago. A very long time ago. And, and that, that really kind of lasted uh, about another four years. It was really when John Belushi died that all that stuff... Well, and I think Adam Sandler sort of rode the tail the the tailcoat of it because yeah, yeah. he did something similar himself, except he had to make his own production company. Like Hollywood wasn't really working with him because yeah. he's got his own production outfit going yeah, on. Happy Happy Madison. Yeah, Happy yeah. Madison Productions, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, and Yeah, you know, and he he's in that Adam Sandler was in that last phase when Saturday Night Live was still funny. That and when the Saturday Night Livers were going on to make films afterward. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you have Jimmy Fallon who inexplicably laughs at his own jokes while looking at the camera. And now he's one of a late night talk show. God, he's horrible. Kingdom. I, he's I, so horrible. <laughs> well, As somebody who grew up on Johnny Carson. Uh, <laughs> the disdain David, on your on your face yeah, right now is it's, pretty classic. It's like a, you know, I just think of the ghost of Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon and David Letterman, but he's not dead. But you know, he's no longer hosting his own. He's not hosting late his own night show. show. You know, even Jay, does, even Jay Leno, own, but he's got his own Netflix. That's true. He does. Letterman does not. Yeah, Leno. But, but, but yeah, Leno. Even even Leno, he was good. He, you know, he was Jay Leno. I saw I saw the Tonight Show in California like years and years ago. And Jay Leno doing a little bit of, you know, stand up just to the audience was like the funniest thing I ever heard. Yeah, the guy he was t- the guy was talented. Well, I I would say honestly that the the night show host that we've got going on right now, one of the strongest is actually um uh Colbert. He's he's kind of holding it down whether you agree with his politics or not. His show is still Colbert I used to think he was funny and then I just feel like it's the same thing now. It's like I don't I don't feel like we're getting any you know, it's like okay, it's more Stephen Colbert. Well they've got you and know. that's the thing is that the old school late night show host, that's what they were doing. Exactly. That's all they were doing. Yeah. Their their whole efforts went into it and now yeah. I do say Colbert is probably the best of what we've got available at the moment, but that's not the highest bar in the world. Because they're all doing different things. Hell, Colbert was on Rick and Morty. He's doing voiceover work. Oh, yeah. He was on The Office. Yeah. He's got he's got other stuff going on. And so does Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. So does so does Jimmy Kimmel. Like they they've all got other stuff going on. Well, and the, and the times have moved on too, where the whole idea of a late night show isn't. I mean, Johnny Carson was he was the king. You know, he was. You know, he used to joke that you know if NBC paid him any more money. Uh, he'd have a problem because if his head ever swole, uh, he wouldn't be able to put his crown on. <laughs> you know, he, he knew Was it. he getting his sandwiches delivered like Bill Cosby? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he was, yeah. No, and, but it, but getting back to the movie, though, it, it is a glimpse back into that era of, the, you know, when you were watching The Greats on Saturday Night Live and also Second City TV, which nobody remembers. Including me, listeners. SCTV was the Canadian Saturday Night Live. Oh, God. And, no, Rick Moranis, 
uh, John Candy. I'm not saying Joe good Flaherty. people didn't come from it. It was, it was, it, it, listeners, go on YouTube because it's they've got to have SCTV episodes on YouTube. It's got to be there. Go on YouTube, get a little wasted, and watch yourself some SCTV, <laughs> and you're gonna see where all of these movies came from. You know, the idea of, a, of, of, you know, Bill Murray hunting a gopher on a golf course with plastic explosives. It just makes total sense in that universe. Oh, it's fantastic. But Bill Murray's whole thing. And that, going back to this, because this is a movie I've been familiar with. Wait. Sorry. The obligatory, not obligatory, the completely random she doesn't have a bra on uh, scene. Oh, is that the problem with this? Not the nudity. And then Bill Murray carrying a huge hose between his legs to flush yeah. out the gopher <laughs> well, with no, water. No, my favorite part is whenever Bill Murray's cleaning the golf balls in the yeah, beginning. Yeah, oh, that's the very beginning. Uh, oh, he's yeah. literally cleaning oh, yeah. his balls to the sight of 60-year-old women. <laughs> he's got a big thing for the 60-year-old. Yeah, he's got a thing for the, uh, the Mrs. Robinsons, as it were. But Considering the gopher, because we're at a point now, Bill Murray's in his first ploy of getting rid of the gopher. He shoves a huge hose into one of the gopher holes yeah. that he's carrying between his thighs in a very obvious, uh, dirty joke. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I'm not going to explain it to you. You're old enough to know. But uh, Bill Murray's trying to flush out the gopher literally with water, and he gets bitten. But the thing is, he's he's perving out over old women on the golf course, and he just his whole backstory with the gopher it becomes a personal vendetta yeah where he starts he's calling the gopher a varmint the entire time and at one point he's loading up a serious gun that he tapes oh god that's he tapes a flashlight to his gun he's talking about like varmint kong he's like no that's not what he's he says he says varmint kong no he says poontang he says that too, but he also oh, oh. It's, it's vermin kung, like yeah. vi- like Vietnam. Oh yeah, yeah, he's like, that's it's vermin right. kung, that's right. that's and he's, right. he's just going off, and he's got this huge powerhouse rifle that's... with a flashlight taped to it, and he's like, "It's all right, I'm gonna go get that gopher," and he's just so serious about oh, this it. Is the part when he's like, "I smell vermin poontang." Yes, <laughs> he's, o- he says good that too. Poontang is dead. Vermin poontang. Oh god! <laughs> but what's remarkable about this is but this is a, one I of it was a boy. Oh God! Because isn't there a girl gopher in the second one? I don't. No one ever watched the second. I one. I actually forgot until you Th- just now a, said yes. that there's a second. There is a Caddyshack too. Oh and, God, that's terrible. Everyone hates it. Chevy Chase is in it though. I believe it. Yeah, uh, but he's the only uh, one who was in it. Okay, because this is what Bill Murray says while he's uh, taping a flashlight to his rifle. Um, hashtag Varmint Kong because he's saying superior firepower. Superior intelligence, and that's all she wrote. Licensed to kill gopher by the government of the United Nations. So he's just, he's gone full legit insane. And honestly, this is a movie that I knew my dad liked when I was growing up. And I don't know that I was ever actually allowed to watch this movie because it's it's pretty dirty. See, I I know that I watched this movie as a kid. I've seen it it, it had It had to have been like... A TV edited version. It must have been without all the nudity and without. Yeah, if you take the nudity out and a couple of lines, it's not that terrible. It's not that terrible. But yeah, it know? does have moments, and that I specifically <laughs> remember through my childhood. I remember the Gopher. Oh yeah. I don't yeah, remember yeah. anything else about this movie. I had to rewatch it, and I was watching it with Josh, and I was like, "Holy hell, this movie is yeah. filthy." Yeah. But he was like, "Well, maybe." 
He's like, I don't know. Maybe you just don't remember the dirty stuff. And I said, that has to be it. But I suppose. Uh, but the biggest thing is that I I didn't remember this as a kid. But when rewatching the movie, I was like, God, that gopher sounds like a dolphin. Yeah, it's so obviously a dolphin. <laughs> no, but there's a reason for that. Uh, you've actually heard uh, the gopher before because the gopher noises were actually reused from Flipper. Oh, so it was cheap. Yeah, it was cheap, <laughs> it was and it was cheap. definitely a yeah. dolphin doing I, the go- I, I have to respect that. No, it was I just... I have to respect that. They call him Gopher, yeah. <laughs> like whatever the Flipper song was. Yeah. But yeah, it, I was like, why does this Gopher sound like a yeah, porpoise? And, it, and, it's, just... <laughs> and you're right, because it is, like I've seen this movie so many times, but just watching it today with the idea of, you know, I'm going to be talking about it, it's like... That's so obviously a dolphin. It's it's ridiculous how obvious it's. They could have used a lion. Yeah, <laughs> but know? back in 1980, did, could could we have called anyone out and said that doesn't sound like a gopher? Well, and there was no internet either, so you couldn't you know exactly you, you couldn't go on Twitter and go, oh my god, this movie's terrible. You couldn't troll people out like you yeah. can these days. Uh, it's just like that doesn't even sound like a northeastern gopher. That sounds like a southeastern gopher. Yeah. <laughs> How specific people get on their trolling on the internet yeah. these days is kind of insane. Yeah. Hashtag. Uh, what are we? No, shit. Not a hashtag. What's our uh, Twitter handle? Hindsight horror. Somebody please troll us. I, I really want to. <laughs> no, I want to troll. I want somebody who. I want someone to go on Twitter and just tell us how bad we are. You're just saying that because you don't run our Twitter account. You don't have to deal with the abuse directly. Well, exactly. Oh, okay. Uh, I tweet about, you know, boring stuff. He does. My... He builds model airplanes and stuff. It's really lame. Yes, I build model airplanes. But speaking of trolling, Rodney... Can I tell you about the model airplane I'm working on now? It's a... Uh, Quiet you. It's a Supermarine Spitfire. It's the Mach 1 model, not the Mach 2. There's a different... The world's longest. Shh. I'm sorry, I'm not it's, committing. It, it's good to know when your hobby is, you know, like I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware, and yet you're still talking about it. no, no, no. You're no. like Bob on Bob's Burgers with Keanu Reeves <laughs> building the speed bus. That's exactly speed bus. It. No bus from speed. Whatever. <laughs> no, oh. I actually say that. Hey, I... Keanu. <laughs> I think you'd look good in a short sleeve tee. I, I, <laughs> Just... I've actually said that. I'm like, all right, sweetie, I'm going Bus down. I'm, I'm going downstairs to work on my model. <laughs> Just gonna sit there, put my comfy pants on, and enjoy the thrill. Cozy of the, pants. The, th- the thrill of the build. <laughs> speed bus. No, bus from speed. That's <laughs> well, you said the wrong comfy pants. All right, I'm going to my my class alone. I was a lonely little salsa eater. I'm but... taking my pants. I'm doing it for you, Lynn. Oh God. <laughs> But speaking of trolls, uh, Rodney Dangerfield might be the biggest troll of this entire movie on Caddyshack because he's <laughs> yeah. sitting there having he's dinner. Awesome. Oh, he's fantastic. Just his insults alone are amazing where he goes up to um, the judge's wife and he's like, oh, you must have been something before electricity. And he, he's yeah. just such an asshole to what everyone. a good looking kid. Good looking kid. I see why. <laughs> what did he say? I see. Now I know why the tigers yeah, eat their young. Eat their young. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. And uh, what... And he's tipping some other kid or cat. He's just, like, no, why that. don't you go get yourself a real haircut? Yeah. <laughs> Here, he's play, hold... play some better music. And you guys, get some get some more lessons. Hell, <laughs> even when he shows up to the country club the very first time, he gets out of his car and this kid goes... With the random Japanese guy. Who's taking his photos. Yeah, who's just his photographer for the day. But that dude, he's literally there and then he's gone. Yeah, he doesn't make another appearance <laughs> after that. 
but Rodney Dangerfield shows up and tips the valet who's taking his car. He's like, for God's sake, kid, like, lose some weight. <laughs> Just everybody he runs into, he's going to troll them in some way or shape oh, yeah. or form. Oh, it's, yeah. It's fantastic. Oh, I can still see the marks where the jockey was beating it. <laughs> God. <laughs> Dog food. I killed him. Oh, yeah, because he's insulting the country club food and the chef flips out. Oh, but... there's there's the, for some reason, Irish girl. Yeah, that, that didn't make a lot of sense either. I, I, her, I had to look that up. Her accent slips so much in this movie. It's I, kind of ridiculous. It was, it was so perplexing to me. I actually went and looked it up. There okay. is a reason for that. Apparently, either in a scene that was filmed that was cut... Mm-hmm. Or just something that was in the script originally, but it never got filmed. It was established that she was an Irish exchange student. Oh, okay. But it's not in the movie anywhere. So you just go, why does she just have a, a random Irish? Yeah, girl. why does she have a bad Irish accent? You know? And yeah, it, we're trying to defend you, Ireland. We're not trying to offend you. Oh yeah, you. no, no. We no. want you guys to stay. So we yeah. want to know why this fake Irish, <laughs> you know what, is in uh, this movie. Hey, have you heard any good stories about Irishmen lately? Shut up, Jason. <laughs> Someone <laughs> had a run-in with an Irishman. Oh God, no. But maybe that feeds back to the whole Catholicism thing. That's I why think they it introduced does. that. <laughs> See, I, I think it does, and I think that's if you think about it, because there's the whole like she thinks she's pregnant. And Danny immediately is going to marry He's her because marry that's her. the honorable. Well, <laughs> Despite sleeping with the blonde girl the night before he finds that out. Yeah, yeah she's a, she's a, she gets around. She's basically Marty's mom from Back to the Future. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, she calls her boyfriends at their homes. She's that girl. Yeah. Well, because it is like the whole thing whenever she says, he's like, hey, I'll support you if you decide to keep it or not. And she's like, I've already decided I'm going to keep it. And the look on his face. <laughs> okay i guess i'll marry you i guess that's the answer i was looking for great yeah. uh but yeah like speaking of the catholicism going back to the murray guys uh bill murray according to mental floss was not just the inspiration for carl because his brother Bar- brian doyle uh, brian doyle murray their real life family it actually includes nine siblings we said a lot earlier but it's nine that's all and yeah. they literally all work most of them worked at a country club where bill murray used to run a hot dog stand so that <laughs> oh was God. that was him before this glorious life that he's leading you know now what? i i've changed my mind now i know because i used to say if i if i had a time machine forget going and killing hitler and stopping World War II i want to see stuff. bill Mur- i want to get bill I, murray to serve yeah, me a damn I, hot dog i want to go to the hot dog <laughs> stand and i want bill murray to serve me a hot dog <laughs> oh we get this great moment right here where ty ty uh chevy chase walks into the country <laughs> club and sees sees the blonde girl the judge's niece and th- of course they want to hook Ty up with their with their beautiful niece because he's a respectable guy but then yeah. you get to later in the movie where Ty is anything but yeah and apparently he's got $70,000 checks laying around his apartment that are not cashed that they're just made out they're props to impress women yeah it's, and- I, I love that whole scene though whenever he's he's he has the three half consumed bottles of Perrier and then combines them <laughs> Yeah. And acts like he's pouring a fresh bottle of Perrier. They move on from the Perrier to shots. And yeah, Chevy that's... Chase is not taking his shots. He's literally yeah. just throwing them well, over you know, his shoulder like salt. And actually, it was funny. The first time I watched this today, I actually had to go back on the Perrier scene. Because I, I had looked down. And then when I looked up, it was 
it was whenever he was like shaking up the bottle, and mm-hmm. it looked like he had put pills in her in her Perrier. No, he didn't. He literally he just no. he just combined the Perrier together. So he never technically drugged her, but he was definitely getting her drunker than he was ever intending to get. And that's so. all ad libbed, you know. Really? Yeah. Most. I mean, like every single thing that Bill Murray did was ad libbed. A hundred percent of it. You mean Chevy Chase? No, no, no. The Bill Murray stuff. Okay, most we're talking about what, Chevy Chase yeah, right now. Yeah, most of what Chevy Chase did was ad libbed. A hundred percent of Bill Murray's stuff, like the whole Cinderella oh, story thing. Cinderella story. He's yeah. gonna need about a five iron. <laughs> that was all ad libbed. That was just off the top of his head. That's but I, but like in the, the in that <laughs> scene when when he's on the date, um, when he when he's giving her the massage, mm-hmm. he's pouring and, oil all over. Her. <laughs> yeah, and apparently while they were filming that she was actually starting to get a little like either pissed off or or just because he was ad-libbing so much and it was it's you know imagine being an actress and you're trying to keep up with chevy chase ad-libbing especially in a sexual scene Uh, you're gonna get uncomfortable and be like i'm sorry was i sold into slavery yeah some sort because the whole thing with the massage oil that was ad-libbed when he when he poured it on her when she turns around and says are you crazy that was actually her turning around and looking at Chevy Chase and saying, are you crazy? And they just keep rolling. <laughs> yeah, and it worked. Oh, this you know? poor darling. I never knew, I never knew all this discomfort went, yeah, it was, went it, along with this yeah, movie. Yeah, she, she, she did not have a great time. with, And she's like, I think it, I read She somewhere. looks like she's in her very early 20s. And yeah, and she, she was like a devout Catholic, and she'd gone to Catholic school and all this stuff. And it's like, hey, welcome to Hollywood. Yeah, got to definitely get naked for us. Well, and... I'm not sleeping with that producer again, I tell you that much. That <laughs> <laughs> was an okay Irish accent, I guess. But, yeah, a it lot of It should have been his... a Yorkshire accent. And the three of you out there who got that, you know it. Good on you guys. Yeah. Good job. But I'm not sleeping with that producer again. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, yeah, it just, this movie is so off the wall from every turn. And now we, we get yet another shot of Bill Murray literally just skeeving on the 60-year-old women on the green. And he's got this Scottish... Uh, the greenskeeper. Of, the green, right? yeah. yeah, the gamekeeper or whatever you want to call it. But <laughs> if for all my Harry Potter fans out there. Yeah, he, he keeps all the dinosaurs in check so they don't eat the golfers. Hey, Whatever. Man, um, that would be awesome. Hey, there I, are there are I, gophers there, man. It's I, a gamekeeper, technically. I would actually give a shit about golf if there were dinosaurs involved. Because I always say, if you're old, you cannot pick up golf if you've never played golf. If you're older than twelve years old, you, it's too late. Nope, you're, you're never going to pick it up. Or if you have an IQ above ninety six, too high, you're never going to pick it up. So uh, I actually defy both of those because I picked up golf later in life and i'm actually a relatively smart person i don't know about the 96 iq but when was the last time you played golf um about a year ago oh jeez. and you drove here by yourself shut <laughs> up i'm not a big fan of golf but um golf i learned is- to play so that i could be in a charity tournament for a company that i represented at the time but uh we we're getting to a really you mean iconic the cia sc- just Shh. say it Shh. You're going to blow my cover and get me murdered. You know that? By my own government. Yeah, it would be the first time. Shut up. The point is that like we're at a really good iconic scene right now with Chevy Chase, um, and it reminds me of Family Guy because I I don't know that Caddyshack, Caddyshack might be one of those movies where I had sort of seen it piecemeal 
for so long that I knew the whole story. Right. You, yeah, it, it, I know exactly what you mean. Because I never sat down and yeah. watched it fully until maybe this one time that we wanted to study it and do it for the podcast. It, it's it's a movie that was you've turned the channel and it was on and you so watched you it from whatever it. point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's exactly what it was. So right now we're at the iconic, and especially if you turned it on when this moment was about to happen, the no, 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 This is what I remembered. Oh, I mostly remember the gopher, but I remembered this, the no, 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 no. And, uh, especially since Family Guy makes a joke about it where Brian, the dog is babysitting all the children when Lois and Peter go out of town and Brian doesn't know what to do with the children, so he starts reading them a novelized version of Caddyshack, <laughs> and you hear Seth MacFarlane's voice as a dog, and he's like, "No, no, 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 no," said Ty, sinking yet another ball. <laughs> like, and it's just, I was like, "Oh, why? Oh, man, yeah, Caddyshack. Okay, do you right. know where he got that sound from? Do tell the Six Million Dollar Man." It's the sound whenever the $6 million man is running. Really no, fast. that's totally. Yeah. And that takes me to Scrubs no, 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 automatically. No, no. Yeah. no, it's Shunanana with the $6 million man because uh, <laughs> if you ever watch Scrubs listeners, you know Ted and his cronies in the hospital have their own sort of a cappella band. And they for a while they're doing primetime television. And they're like, we, he, we have the technology. We can make him stronger, faster. Ted looks at his partner. He's like, your could be louder. So there's that. You know, the funny thing about this movie is it's a golf movie that they cast with, I think, one. I think Danny is the only one. None of them knew how to play golf. And I, I I would hope that that's true because that's just hilarious. Yeah, I just think that's that's awesome that <laughs> none of them knew how to play golf and they're making a golf movie. Well, I mean, it's Animal House on a golf course. It's, it's sort of like Happy Gilmore. You, you set yeah, the premise up. Yeah. But it, this actually has a more believable premise because in Happy Gilmore, you've got a, a hockey player turned golf player yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah, which... and he's, he's just great at driving and that's pretty much his talent but like with these guys there's more credibility to the golf story cuz they're at a country club so you think that they would all be good golf players right yeah i mean caddies you would think although maybe caddies are the sort of people who by the end of the day the last thing that they want to do is play is golf play freaking yeah, golf i i don't know i don't know but i mean here's the thing i'm not a golfist a golfist is that what you're calling I, it but I don't even know. With my golf bats. But seriously, the Danny, what's his name? The Artuzio guy, whoever. It's this kid who's playing the literal John Travolta from Boogie Nights or Saturday Night oh, yeah. Fever. Oh, yeah, 100%. Saturday Night Fever is what it is. He's literally yeah. just John Travolta with the feathered hair. Who, and his sexual orientation is completely not in doubt. Oh, Miss Sakata, I, I mean, the girls, oh, my God. Love- <laughs> it's just, it's so- <laughs> It's so obvious. <laughs> Listeners, I just I just made Jason laugh Sorry, that's harder a, than I've ever that's made the him laugh. Thing I've ever... <laughs> oh my god. Mr. Carter. I mean the girls, oh my god. <laughs> I'm jumping out a window to watch another girl get laid with this other caddy from my from to, my country club. I promise to touch your penis. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, he's even—he's got the tight pants and the like. He doesn't even the right, not even the right shoes. 
It's just when he's walking around on the golf course, yeah, it's like, you can tell from the way I, I use know. my walk, I'm a woman's man. It's yeah. just so John Travolta. This is a guy that, that you hope never gains any weight because you know he's going to keep dressing like that. Oh, yeah. He can't <laughs> yeah. gain weight. He's, yeah. he's going to be skinnier than his pregnant wife. Like He's going to be skinnier than his wife even when she's not and pregnant. And here we come, the most iconic which I have a special moment from Mental Floss uh, for this one because the most iconic scene in the movie, which Bob's Burgers obviously plays. Oh, on. yeah. Duty, duty. <laughs> uh, but yeah, apparently the Murray brothers uh, knew how to use a baby Ruth because the candy in the cool bar or in the, the candy bar in the pool scene was based on an actual prank that the Murray brothers really played in their high school swimming pool. That's awesome. And I just respect <laughs> Bill Murray so much, so much more than I even already did. I'm it's... telling you, I, I would, I would quantum leap in and just hang out with Bill Murray. Well, then I know where he left. <laughs> so there's that. You know but... where he left. <laughs> I, in this case, yes, oh. I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you get. <laughs> it, what's really hilarious is that it's a pool scene and. There's a sign on the country club sign, like a taped on sign where it's like, caddies are welcome yeah. for 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like from one from 1 p.m. to 1 15 p.m. It's so weird because it's like, OK, <laughs> and then everyone's surprised when the caddies are there. Oh, Mr. Cotta, I'm in a Speedo. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that oh guy God. is so Italian and he's got his. He's got a shit. Oh God, the aviators! Yeah, he is. His sexual orientation completely not in doubt, folks. He is possibly the most heterosexual man I've ever seen. Like more so than Chuck Norris. Oh, than anyone oh, of than anyone oh, yeah. I've ever met. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but then you get yet another scene that Family Guy has made fun of: the iconic uh, girl in a black bikini walking down the side of the pool and in heels. In heels, because ladies. <laughs> If you're anything like me, you obviously wear your Jimmy Choo's to the pool. Well, that's such a weird thing that they do in movies. You know, they they they, they will put heels on women in the most absurd situations. Hello, have you seen Jurassic World? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Jessica, don't take them off. Why don't I cannot remember the leading lady's name right now, and I apologize for Judy that. Judy Greer. It's not Judy it's Greer, not but just say just. Up. It's, it's not Bryce, Judy. Bryce, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, sorry. I'm yeah. I'm messing her up with Jessica Chastain because they're both beautiful redheaded actresses. So uh, Jessica Chastain was in Lawless with Tom Hardy. Yeah, they kind of look alike in my head. I'm sorry, but yeah. So yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard is yeah. wearing white high heeled shoes yeah. while running away from Velociraptors and no, no, my Tyrannosaurus fa- Rex. My favorite my favorite example is. Because it's not just in one movie or one episode of a TV show. Oh, no. It's all through Hollywood. But no. In uh, Star Trek Voyager, when they decide to add um, Seven of Nine, played by Jerry Ryan. Sure. Okay. And they decide, well, what we're going to do is we're going to take her. She was a Borg. And, and it's going to be like, well, we're going to take all the Borg stuff off and she'll be human again. Uh, but apparently underneath all the Borg stuff is a super tight, skin tight dr- I don't even know what the hell you call it with heels like bodysuit yeah like bodysuit okay with heels it's like it's nice that the Borg had some fashion sense they you know they they she wanted to improve her posture yeah maybe maybe that's that's the lie that's the lie that they tell women about high heels because it does not improve your posture no no I yeah I, I have marveled for years the fact that women can even wear those 
It hurts. I know. We all look as a guy. We are all totally like, look, ladies, thank you for wearing them. Because there's no friggin' way you'd get us to. No. Even oh, no, though... there's, no, there's a way. Because now, like, men, I don't know if it's specifically gay men or whatever, but they're starting to do intense dance numbers in high heels where you could break your limbs yeah, doing it. stupid. And I, I just don't understand that either. I'm like, I could never accomplish that. No, I'm not Beyonce. I'm Although not the high heel was actually invented for men. What? Yeah, no, seriously. Back that up. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> uh, hey, go talk to Bill Bryson in his, uh, uh, that was in At Home by Bill Bryson. Great book. Um, in, I want to say it would have been Georgian England. It wasn't Victoria, it was before Victorian. Yeah, no, high heels. The whole expression, a, whale, a well-heeled man, mm-hmm. that's where it comes from. If you were well healed, it's because you could afford a high heel, a nice, sturdy high heel. Now, to, are we talking for the about... specific purpose of making your calves look better? Oh, I can see that because yeah, yeah. Um, I it... was about to ask: Are we talking like Robert Downey Jr. high heels, where he's like in Spice Girl tennis shoes in Iron Man, or no? No, it's Apparently it's, it's an full on high heel. Yeah, it's full on high heels. They they basically wanted to show off their calves and wear pants that were really tight, so people could tell if they were Jewish or not. I mean, wow. I, don't, I don't know if that was the express reason, but you could tell if they were Jewish or not. I'm just going to cut back to Caddyshack because Bill Murray is is uh, eating a poo. <laughs> no, he's not. He's eating a what is it? A baby Ruth. Out of the bottom of the Baby pool. Ruth. They, yes. They drain the pool uh, to get the duty, duty out we of the pool. We gotta do that movie. The Goonies. Oh, God. My cousin Wade might want a guest star for that one. That's, oh, that's his lo- movie. I love the Goonies. That's his movie. Yeah. But uh, My son hates it. You gotta get rid of that kid. You understand that. He, may, he doesn't actually hate the movie. He hates the Cyndi Lauper song. Oh, okay. Then yeah. he doesn't hate the movie. Yeah. But... Uh, Oh, yeah, here we go. So, yeah, Bill Murray literally ate that candy bar and made a woman pass out thinking that he was eating crap. Like, I got a court order. You can't eat crap anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I modified it a little bit. but All right, Jerry, I got to admit, when you're right, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what I would like to think. Uh, Wilson. <laughs> no. Buy Wilson products. Yes, that, that was not some uh, active... Yeah, it's advertising the most obvious, at all. It's the most unsubtle advertising. No. I but you know what? That's how hey, they, that's how you make movies. I've said it before. I've said, I'll say it again. It's no Superman being thrown into the Coke truck. That's the most iconic, most obvious yeah. advertising that's ever happened yeah. in the history of the ever ever. But there you go, Jason. There's our moment where we're at Chevy Chase's house, and he's simply pouring a used Perrier into another used Perrier and making it look fresh. He's not... He's not popping pills into it. He's just trying to make it look like it's still carbonated. That makes me feel better because I couldn't like I couldn't like Ty anymore if he had done something like that. Couldn't yeah. get on the the, uh, he did the pudding the, pop bandit yeah. level. Yeah. Oh. 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 It's on our website already. Damn, Come on. dog. <laughs> Don't but even trip, dog. He he did Don't it the trip. he did it the old fashioned way though. He just you know handed her a bottle of tequila and went. You know, hey, drink sure, this. It sure is cute when girls do shots. Yeah. 
and girls, I don't. <laughs> girls stop falling for that. <laughs> and he's just, he doesn't even crack the top off of it. He, no. he barely pops the lid and he's just like, oh, oh no, look, it just sort of jumped right off. <laughs> this is actually my favorite Chevy Chase moment is earlier, right before this, this uh, it's in this scene when she makes a comment about the swords and he says, oh no, I, I bought those in Vietnam. And she says, oh, were you in the war? No. No, and then he pats he pats his hip. He goes homo. <laughs> wow! But I'm better now. <laughs> oh God! And there he goes. He just he's teaching her how to do tequila shots with lemons. Yeah, and it's very it's very subtle when he does the whole bit where he he snorts the salt and then he throws the uh, tequila the shot over, his, over shoulder. his left shoulder. He yeah. then immediately like zips his fly up. It's very quick. I didn't even notice that no, when I was actively watching. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's naked, and he just went down the, yeah, the yeah, pool so, slide. So you're naked, Chevy Chase. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to see that? And then he put clothes back on for this scene. You know, in the, the real nude scene yeah. where you're naked and apparently kind of violating a Catholic girl <laughs> when she didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. This was a long time ago. <laughs> In a Hollywood far, this, far this away. Was, this was a this was a movie made many, many years ago. It was back before the Me Too movement. <laughs> it is amazing to think, you know. I mean, I was I was an infant when they were shooting this movie. Well, and oh wow, there was a time when you were an infant. Believe it or not, I'm amazed. Yeah, it lasted eight weeks, and then I immediately became a grumpy old person. Ah, oh, yeah, that's how it happens. To Ma- the it, of us. Ma- it made junior high kind of awkward. Uh, it, Ew. Glossing right over that. Um, you may not even remember this since you were so teeny tiny when this movie came out, Jason. Uh, did you know that the theme song could have been completely different? I actually, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, they that... actually wanted Pink Floyd to do the theme song for this movie. and Oddly from... enough, they couldn't get them. they couldn't, They couldn't get Pink Floyd, but they sure got K-Log. I know, man. They got they got them some K log. They didn't go into the danger zone, but they're <laughs> all right. What was the name? Uh, this is going to drive me nuts because now I'm thinking about it. In the episode of Archer with Kenny Loggins, remember I can the, remember tell the you. big dude? Yeah, and he would say his name, and because uh, he was beating up Pam. Yeah, Pam. What the hell was his he name? He wasn't like Hodor or something. It was um, uh, no, it wasn't Hodor, but Bob Dor. No, no, no. I, I'm just wheel. saying he. Did, I don't remember him having a specific name. Yeah, because Kenny K Log would say, you know, K Log. Jesus. Oh, bad touch. So bad, and so bad, bad touch. touch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll come to that in a minute. I'll look it up for you because that's uh, K Log. K Log. But yep. who's the guy with the? Who's the beardy guy? What? <laughs> oh yeah, Lana had no idea who K Log was, and that's just. And meanwhile, Sherilyn is like, do you know this chord? And he's like, of course I know That's this chord. That's a chord. Do I know, you know all it? the chords. Yeah. I know all the chords. I'm a musician. Are you? <laughs> so mean. Uh, and it's so weird because Kenny Loggins, I, I have a very, I have a very, uh, Kenny Loggins, all, all I'll say is that his music occupies a very strange uh, place in my memory uh, because the first, God, I can't. Hang on, let me finish my beer, then I'll tell this. Ricky, Ricky, bad touch, Ricky, bad, bad touch. touch. Ricky. <laughs> yeah, the first time I ever saw a boob 
like like you know up close. I'm leaving. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it was the. I'm we- out. No, no. This is the weirdest thing. Okay, so a girl that I'm going out with, she breaks up with me at dinner, as she should have apparently, <laughs> and then afterwards decides that she's having second thoughts. Because, I mean, honestly. If you guys haven't seen a picture of Jason, I mean, look at this smoke show. I mean, He's belching in the microphone. Uh, <laughs> so oh, God. That. No, hang on. I got a little bit on it. Okay, no, it's good now. Um, <laughs> I got gaga. Gaga. I'm, like, I'm like Teddy. <laughs> Whenever I was younger. Why is Teddy your freaking role model? <laughs> because when I was younger, I was, you know. No, no, but mm. K-Log, we ended up parking somewhere. This is the weirdest thing you in parked my, with K-Log? I wish. <laughs> so he's parked in a car with this girl listening to K-Log. No, I no, would like to that's imagine. what's weird about it. Oh, we Jesus. weren't listening to Kenny Loggins. As soon as we start fooling around, she specifically stops, specifically goes to her CD case. Do I want to know? And not only picks out a Kenny Loggins CD, but the CD that she picks out is Welcome to Pooh Corner. By Kenny Loggins. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know who you are. Uh, yeah, seriously, if you're listening, you... what the hell? Shame. I don't have a bell to ring, but shame. <laughs> it was... Shame. And the funniest thing was, though, I didn't realize that's what the CD was until about two minutes into it, and I heard you know, something about Christopher Robin, and I'm thinking, wait, what? <laughs> totally different. <laughs> Impression than one you would have expected. Yeah, yeah. Deal with that, audience. Uh, So I'm scarred for life, and I hope the rest of you can help me blast Jason on Twitter for this. So if that hasn't punished you enough, I don't know what will. So anyway, Caddyshack. Yeah, uh, we. I don't know. It's kind of a movie that, and I'm not trying to insult it, but you can kind of talk through it because there are so many random bits. I actually hate this scene. Okay, so to give you some exposition, listeners, we're at the Yacht Club where Danny the caddy is trying desperately to fit in with the country club lot, and they've just christened a boat of the judges, and meanwhile, Rodney Dangerfield takes his huge-ass boat and wrecks the entire Yacht Club. Yeah, it it doesn't... It doesn't really fit. It It felt kind of shoehorned in there. It's very shoehorned in there, and all the jokes here are really bad. You know, with like, oh, he's running through the... All the jokes here are things that I complain about in a, in an Adam Sandler movie. Okay, like you know? the, the random musical and the stuff that just... Yeah, where it's like, didn't oh, help the, the, plot. the it people doesn't... are falling off the jet skis. How funny is that? Ha ha ha. And yeah, it just, it doesn't move anything along. No, so it doesn't. So there's, there's that, but... But you know, but hearing what you said before, though, about the fact that the gopher was added afterwards to thread everything together... It actually makes sense, like, they just went and filmed a bunch of stuff. No, it it, it is yeah, that. You can see that. It's a very, because I know we talked about this on Night Court, and kind of, we mentioned a little bit of Rick and Morty, sort of Morty's mind blower sort of a thing, where it's like, okay, name a situation, name an occupation, and it's still yeah, Rick and Morty, yeah. but like, okay, Rick and Morty are like, Star Lords, and they're battling for the rebellion, and they're on a space station. Run right. with it! Right. Like that's right. what—that's yeah. what a lot of this movie feels like to me. Where it's like, okay, Rodney Dangerfield on a speedboat. What would happen? Yeah, bad well, things. That's y- what happens. Yeah, and it's sort of like, of course he's going to do all this stuff and wreck all these things. And okay, 
and I think that's sort of the 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 movie is strong when the characters are delivering dialogue because every every one of the actors in it, you know, Bill Murray, uh, Chevy Chase, Ronnie Dangerfield, they're all very talented people who can come up with funny things on the fly that you don't expect. Yeah. As soon as you see Rodney Dangerfield take take over steering the boat, you know what's going to happen, and it's not funny. Because you've, you know, he's going to run into everything. That's what he does. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. just how he's written, unfortunately. Because his, his stand-up is totally different oh, than, yeah. than yeah. this kind of humor. He's and dirty as hell. Oh, God. It <laughs> put, makes Bob Saget blush. Yeah, like, it, yeah. It's kind of ridiculous. Oh, Bob Saget. No, come on. Everybody talks about him being dirty. Have you ever... Yeah, Lenny Bruce... Yeah, yeah Lenny on. Bruce is pretty nasty, yeah. uh, especially considering his time. Yeah. And if you want a, just a mild taste of that, you can always watch The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, but they don't really get into his dirty humor. Oh, is he? I haven't seen that. Lenny Bruce is on it? Is he a character? Yeah, Lenny Bruce is a character because oh, when Joan Rivers was coming so up, cool. it was about the same timeline. Yeah. Because that's what that movie I've or that show is about, show. actually, is... Yeah, it's oh, Joan it's brilliant. Rivers. Yeah, it's all. It's, yeah, it's yeah. basically Joan Rivers cutting her teeth as a comedian, and the whole thing is that um, she sort of makes friends on accident with Lenny Bruce, and huh. it works out really well because she sort of stumbles into comedy. And I know I've said this before, but Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is what Gilmore Girls could have been if it had the proper backup. Because Gilmore Girls had the whole typical studio and producers and all this other nonsense they had to deal with. And even the references in Gilmore Girls. It's still a good show, though. No, Gilmore Girls. Oh, it's one of my most favorite shows. But as a dude, I can say that, and I have no qualms about it. I he's a Gilmore girl. He's a Gilmore dude. Well, look, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I had the biggest biggest crush, crush on, on lauren, lauren. yeah <laughs> for I, I could watch that show just just, to just see for her, her. Yeah, yeah you know well she's the reason to watch it i mean oh yeah rory has the and emotional depth of a teaspoon what and uh ed herman i ed love herman was great and uh emily bishop is fantastic is that the mom the grandma yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah, uh, yeah. The yeah. grandma she's yeah. she's uh, good she's fantastic but uh, yeah. no but mrs mazel is what Gilmore Girls could have been without the network stand-ups and just all this right. nonsense yeah. that and pushback and whatever and timing with competing with friends on the same channel and whatever. See, but Mrs. Maisel, it, it, but even down to the references in Gilmore Girls, because they'll say something about uh, Finn, this Australian guy on Gilmore Girls, is like, Who's as drunk as I am? And and his friend goes, nobody since Spencer Tracy died. And that that <laughs> reference doesn't belong on that show. That's good, though. But that's Mrs. A, yeah, no, it's a fantastic, yeah, it's fantastic. joke. Yeah, it but is. it doesn't belong in the early 2000s. It belongs no. in a show that's in the 50s, like right, Marvelous right. Mrs. Maisel. And so, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, um, I think it has my one of my all-time favorite actors Tony Shalhoub. Yes, he's uh, Mrs. Maisel's dad. Okay, Tony Shalhoub is... Monk, yes. Monk. and he's fantastic. Uh, Antonio from Wings. What's the guy's actual name? Antonio. On Wings. The old uh, uh, NBC sitcom, you know, about the airport in Nantucket. I don't think I've ever seen that. Oh, man, with Tim Daly and... Oh, Wings. I, I love... They're- they're, needless to say, they're, everybody yeah. on that show is very talented, but yeah. we're at a very... Another very iconic moment. This is story. 
this is not the Cinderella story, but this my favorite sequence in I don't the think entire the movie coming down for quite a while. <laughs> the, is is the he's what Lutheran the Lutheran minister playing golf. Yes, and he is wants the to play best golf sequence ever because he wants to play golf when it's about to storm severely. Red fart. <laughs> yeah, his cursing leaves something to be desired. <laughs> and and I love the fact that they're playing the music from Ten Commandments and that guy was in the Ten Commandments. Oh man. Yeah, he was actually in he was that's in the Ten Commandments. That's inception level yeah. stuff right there. Yeah. I didn't know that. And, that, and that's perfect, uh, but it's kind of a Rick and Morty sort of a thing right now, too, because he's literally having the best game of his yes, life. Yes, Kind of like uh, Jerry when he's stuck in a simulation that he shouldn't even be in. Yes. Like in M. Night Shyamalanians or Aliens or whatever. Uh, you can pronounce it correctly, please. It's Shyamalanadingdong. Uh, shut up. Uh, the point is that he's having the best game of his entire life. And it's pouring down rain, and he looks at Bill Murray like, "Should we keep going?" And Bill Murray's like, "Oh, I don't think the hard stuff coming down for quite a while." Like, <laughs> I just love whenever he gets struck by lightning, and Bill Murray just sort of puts the bag down and leaves. Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> it's like it's almost like he literally got shot in yeah. in front of yeah. Bill Murray, and yeah. Bill Murray's like, "I had nothing to do with this. Peace out," and he okay, just leaves. So you got this covered then. <laughs> And I swear to God, Carl Spagler, Bill Murray's character is so, it's like Forrest Gump on a golf course. It's just, he's got the same sort of outfit. But I would much rather see Spagler, the movie, than Forrest Gump. I would watch, I would watch two and a half hours. Whoa. Hey, look, I like Forrest Gump. I'm not knocking Forrest Gump. I'm just saying I'd rather see, I would watch two and a half hours of Carl Spagler. (laughs) Sometimes there just aren't enough gophers. Yeah, because if he was it, because if Carl Spackler was in the strip club with Jenny, he would have been putting dollar bills down the G street. He wouldn't have beaten up all those guys yeah. in the front row. Uh, Jenny, yeah. you've got real nice boobies. <laughs> he would have been a lot more straightforward. I know what real stripping is, Jenny, and John Baez songs are not it. <laughs> you need to get a pole, Jenny. <laughs> Now we have to do Forrest Gump. Gump invents <laughs> the pole dance. <laughs> he invented everything. He's the re- <laughs> it's, it's, it's like Forrest Gump with a goatee. It's like evil oh, Forrest no. Gump. <laughs> evil Forrest Gump. Okay, have you, you thought about mailing anthrax? No, no. <laughs> that might be the screenplay that Jason and I write together, listeners. <laughs> With your help, we can jumpstart this project into a real-life Netflix special. He meets somebody and makes him the Unabomber. Oh, no. Yeah, the dark version of yeah, Forrest Gump. the dark Forrest Gump. That's perfect. <laughs> yes, we're going to make a million bucks. Sometimes there's just not enough cyanide. Maybe you, <laughs> maybe you should tell everyone there's weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> Sometimes you just feel like bombing. He meets George W. Bush. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ah, it's going to be the next big thing. Like indoor plumbing. It's going to be big. Oh, uh, God. For those of you in Arkansas, that's the thing where the water is actually coming out of pipes in your house. Yeah, watch Disney's Hercules. You'll yes. know what we're talking yes. about. That yes. was actually a shout out to that episode. <laughs> hey, Meg. 
But yeah, now the Irish girl <laughs> in Caddyshack. Oh no, I'm totally pregnant. I, and then this is where she loses her Irish accent big time. Yeah, is in no, the dramatic scenes. It. She just drops it completely. Just abandons it like, oh geez, Danny, like seriously? And it's like, oh then fine, I'm going to go serve the dinner rush myself. And then she Don't she, you know I'm pregnant? <laughs> you son of a bitch. It, it just, no, it's not good. It, You know, um, seeing Brian Doyle Murray is, is smoking a cigarette here. The, the other guy, the John Travolta guy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is true, but I read it somewhere that he actually didn't smoke until he made this movie and oh, his no. character smoking the whole time. Well, Brian Doyle Murphy, what most people don't know, that's the boss from Christmas Vacation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I put that together. I was like, his face is so young in this 1980s movie where I was like, I know who that is. Oh, yeah. He's and, been in he's been in a bunch of stuff. No, but no, I know he has, but like one of my particularly 90s childhood, I was like, "Oh my god. He was in Christmas Vacation." No, Brian Doyle Murray has been in he, you know, he's 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 the other Murray brother, you know, and he's got a he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's played a ton of character actors. I think he, he hasn't a, aged nearly as well as Bill Murray has. <laughs> you know, I hate to say that I had the same thought. No, it's it's very obvious if you but watch he, Christmas he's Vacation. He's so skinny in this movie, like he, not so in later years, listeners. Yeah, just but Google he, it. But I mean, you know, look, uh, did Chevy Chase age that well? He didn't age great, but he still you can see him these days, and you're like, oh, that's Chevy Chase, yeah. and he look, yeah. he has the same sort of face where Brian Dole Murray. I, you, you know, I just had a, a thought maybe we should google is brian doyle murray he is alive right i haven't heard about his passing but that doesn't mean i believe that he is alive because you quasi surprised me with um leslie nielsen's passing despite the fact that i in the back of my head i knew that leslie nielsen had passed that was a dark day yeah it was um but yeah so is there is there a whole lot more to say about this movie well I mean, you, you've, you know, it's interesting not to, not to, you know, derail anything again, but it's, it's surprising. Yeah, I know. We don't do that. It's surprising that there's not as much movie here. It's a very short movie as far as I remember it, but you were saying that you felt the exact opposite. No, completely. Because as a kid, I, I do remember the gopher. I remember that being the main plot point. And I honestly thought it was a movie about the gopher, despite the fact that yeah, I research remember, told I, me differently. Uh, but no, I, I didn't remember the shoehorn part of the Yacht Club. I don't remember this challenge part with the pool hall. I don't remember any of that. I remember the challenge. I will I will admit the yacht part. I actually, I, I didn't remember it. I did. Where it was like, oh, there's a yacht thing in this? Well, because to my mind, I, I think I did you know, cut my heels on the whole TV edited version. I think so. And that's why it felt like a shorter movie. Cause they, they took out probably extraneous stuff yeah. like the yacht club thing. And they, they took out anything overly dirty and they took out, you know, anything that basically didn't fit their time slot. Yeah. I mean, so, the, the movie's 98 minutes long. So what they probably did was cut it to a little under 90 minutes, you know, like an hour and a half, 
so that would have well a little less than an hour and a half because they still had to fit in commercials. Yeah, so it probably would have been about an hour and fifteen minutes. So that's what seventy five minutes. I can't do math. Is that like twenty? We've established that you can't yeah. do math, and so I'm not doing math for six you. You don't deserve Darth Jader's math over zero. Wait, no, you can't carry the seven. Zero. Yes, that's correct. Uh, but <laughs> no, but we we've gotten to the point where we find out that the uh, non Irish girl. Uh, yeah, the would-be Irish girl is not pregnant. That was resolved quickly. It, well, and oddly, because she's in a white gown in the yeah. middle of the night, literally like ballet leaping along the yeah. green. I got my period. And yeah, basically. And that was a little more Scottish than Irish. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, we little bleeding. We're like onions, donkey. We're like onions. But, uh, yeah, she just leaps into Danny's arms, who I don't know if I wasn't paying attention, but he's inexplicably out there at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it doesn't – well, I, I saw somewhere that apparently the first cut of this movie, when the editor sat down and just did his first cut, which is to be presented to the director – it was something like four hours long. It was four and a half hours long. And they had to cut down from that. And there's still yeah. a lot of inexplicably yeah. just shoehorn material yeah. in the movie regardless. So yeah, I you know, kind of believe your theory about them being hammered every night. Because if, ha- like, if you're sort of hungover during the day, you're like, oh, this is yeah. so funny. Let's well, film whatever the hell random thing we decided to film today. Yeah, and it's like all the stuff about like – well, because – when when they when the idea behind the movie didn't involve Bill Murray and Chevy Chase being quite as big, especially Bill Murray, he wasn't supposed to be as much of a character as possible. No, yeah, they built him in a little bit more. But when they did that, they had to unwrite other characters. Oh, and I think when they did that, they unwrote some actual story, plot, yeah, plot, plot moving yeah. characters. Yeah. So it ends up being it, it's it's a movie that really. It's best to think of it as just sort of a series of funny scenes with yeah. a loose thread going through it. Kind of like in Bill Murray in, in, a, in a sort of Disney way. He's a Cinderella boy. He came along and, you know, he... He all says the, it like 12 times. He does. Uh, he th- all the other girls... All the other girls at the dance thought that they were going to be the star of the movie. But then, <laughs> then the Cinderella boy comes along and he just steals the show. So that, uh, oh, and another thing I discovered uh, is that Chevy Chase and Bill Murray were ever they were never actually supposed to interact in this movie as characters. Yeah, they didn't. They they, they had some issues, didn't they? Like, no, it's not that they didn't. It's I, not that they I, had I thought issues. they had kind of a feud from uh, the Saturday Night Live days. Uh, I don't know anything about that. It's just that the original script didn't actually include a scene where Carl and Ty ever met each other. Yeah. They never interacted. So uh, there was like a note from the studio where uh, Chevy Chase and Bill Murray and Ramis brainstormed an outline of a scene over lunch. Like in real life, they yeah. had lunch together and then improvised a scene where just the cameras rolled. So that's where you get that random ass scene. And it is where so random. Ty, and yeah, and it's also shoehorned yeah. into the movie and where Ty hits his ball into Bill Murray's kind of shack where he lives on the greens i mean it, it's motivated in as much as ty because now he's doing it for money like now he he's, he's actually he's working not, at his craft and yeah. he's not very good and he keeps making mistakes and so he hits a ball into carl's shack but then from there on it's just 
you know, now, I mean, to be fair, if you had, if you were a director and you had Bill Murray and Chevy Chase, you'd probably be pretty tempted just to say, turn the camera on, you and guys. see what happens. See what happens. See what we get. Unlike Paul Feig in the damn Ghostbusters movie. You're never going to get over this, are you? Because <laughs> you didn't have Bill Murray. Well, that, that was one thing that we well, discussed did, in that particular that. episode is that, yeah, certain actors have chemistry. Right, yeah. Now, I don't care how talented any actor is in the world. It's kind of like what we talked about with our Ants episode. I would never, ever put Sylvester Stallone and Jennifer Lopez in a room together. Or, uh, you know... No, you you got to hand them a very well-written script. Yeah, th- yeah. those two, what are they going to have to talk about? Yeah. It just... And with, it's Woody a certain, Allen... Yes. Woody Allen can talk to almost yeah. anybody, but can anybody just talk to Woody Allen? That's yeah, my question. Yeah, that's a good point. And so I don't see him having the same sort of chemistry, or I don't see actors having chemistry with him. Yeah. That's why people yeah. still laud Diane Keaton along with Woody Allen, because those two had chemistry like nobody can even believe. But right. it's it's not the same thing as it used to be back in the 80s, where you can shove Chevy Chase and Bill Murray in a room and actually get a scene out of it. Yeah, well, and it's funny, too, because as much as, you know, and again, you know, look, yeah, I'm going to sound like an old person when I say this, but when you watch Bill Murray or Chevy Chase riffing off the top of their heads there's still subtlety to it you know the cinderella story that's not something adam sandler would do it's not something jimmy fallon would do they, they would do something way, exact way over the top it's it's will ferrell syndrome and i know that yeah. it's not even will yeah. ferrell who came up with it but that's why and i think i've discussed this on a previous episode where i was so so affronted when they put will ferrell on the damned office yeah because that show is too subtle for his his talents it just is and and the thing is with will ferrell is i actually have always gotten the impression that will ferrell could have been you know but it was sort of like you know look hey if you do all this silly over the top crap we give you money so what the hell is he gonna do that's what i would do it's the saturday night live route these days or in the last in the last 20-ish years, unfortunately. Which like is if, probably how long it's been since I've watched Saturday Night Live. I yeah. don't... If you behave like a total ass, you're going right. to make it on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And that's how it works. But yeah. if you look at Will Ferrell's audition tape, I will say this in Ferrell, favor of Will Ferrell, which my friends are going to be amazed because I don't often do that. But his audition tape is brilliant if you've no, never seen it. I've never seen it, but I, I think he's actually got talent. No, he does. His audition tape, if you haven't seen it, I'm, I'm actually going to put it in the description All right. of this episode because it's so great. He's actually pretending to be a person who acts like a cat <laughs> playing with toys when he's at social engagements and his friends are like, Hey Allison, what's with what's with Steve over there in the corner? And they're like, "Oh no, that's just something that Steve does. Don't worry about it." It's and it's so genius, and yeah. it's it's not subtle, but it's it's more mellow than his usual brand of comedy that we've become accustomed. to. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I've always felt like Will Ferrell could have been the heir to Phil Hartman, and I know that's a wow, that's a huge compliment a, coming it, from you. It is, and let me be very clear. Will Ferrell is not the heir to Phil Hartman. No, not at all. But he could have been. If he had been yeah. given the right opportunity. But to be yeah, but to be fair to, to Will Ferrell, 
people weren't looking for Phil Hartman anymore, you know? Yeah. And it's, that's the kind of audience we're dealing with these days, though. Yeah, is that's that, the problem. You know, people who don't listen to us won't know. So we're already speaking to our own audience. Oh, yeah. Brilliant Australians and the 50 or so of you who listen to us in the greater Atlanta area. And all the Misties out there. All the what? The Misties. The Misties? The people who are who recognize that uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 is the greatest oh, television okay. show ever made. Yes, okay. Sorry. Joel Hodson, follow us, please. Jonah Ray, come on. Danny Glover, hashtag petition uh, for Tombstone or uh, whatever yeah, it was. Wait, Tombstone? Tombstone <laughs> petition. Remember, we wanted oh, Danny Glover oh, Tombstone right. petition. Sorry, I was like, wait, was he in Tombstone? No, he wasn't. He's not your Huckleberry. Uh but yeah, so we've gotten to the tournament portion, and I, I kind of maintain that Rodney Dangerfield was subtly, if not really purposefully, supporting the LGBTQ community in this movie because he shows up to the country club in a rainbow jacket, well, and then everything he's wearing is almost rainbow colored. <laughs> it's kind of awesome. Well, and and I think you can make a case that his character is gay because he makes a statement. God, I have to go back. Uh, when he's at the dinner table, he's talking about after his wife died, and okay. he's like, and he's like, oh, you know, if I keep working like this, I'm gonna have a sixty million dollar funeral, you know. And I had a similar thought looking at his wardrobe, and he makes a couple because he always talks about the women like they're ugly. Okay, like he always slams on them, you know. And then he goes up to the men and he's like, put some weight on, you know. Oh wow! And it's kind of like is. Did his wife die? And he's like, what am I doing? I've been living like this my whole life. Is Rocco looking for his next heifer? <laughs> I mean. Is SpongeBob uh, looking for his know, next Patrick? Who knows? I think we've officially created <laughs> a fan theory. We've thrown it back, listeners. So if you're not going to tweet it us for any other reason, which you obviously aren't, go ahead and tweet at us about this. Meg does. Hey, Meg. Yeah, we love you, Meg. And we love you, Katie. Kate, Katie, thank you for building our fan base like a boss. Yeah. Let's just throw that out to and you And actually, right we, now. Should, we should probably mention that if you enjoyed the Mummy episode. With Katie. With Katie, uh, we're going to be recording th- uh, the next episode we're recording. Uh, yes, Clueless. Uh, 90s Clueless with uh, Alicia Silverstone. Yes. So, And a little special bonus. There'll be pictures. <gasps> we may have built an Instagram account. Yes. Maybe. We might be in t- inclined to tell you about it if you followed any of our other social media listeners, but you clearly don't. So. Well, and once again, I, I realized as I spoke with some people who love our show, and I said, would you please follow us on Twitter? And every single one of them said, I don't have a Twitter Nobody account. has Twitter anymore, and, and no. that's eh, apparently uh, Okay. We're just old, and we don't know how to market anymore. Uh, do people still believe in email? Because apparently that's not a thing either. No, that's an old person thing. Oh, okay. In fact, somebody told me the other day that a desktop computer, apparently the millennials uh, refer to that as a grandpa box. Oh, God. Yep. Then I'm a grandma, technically. Yep. Apparently that's a grandpa box. Oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah. How's that feel? That... You use it at work. I, I use it at home and at work. No, no. Millennials use it at work. Because they have to, and that's it. You know what, millennials? I'm sick of this. Get on our level. Yeah. I always think back to the very wise and sensitive statement that Bart Simpson made about young people that we need another Vietnam to thin out their ranks a little bit. Oh, God. (laughs) 
I didn't say it. Matt Groening. No, Matt Groening came up. I was with actually that. about to relate to you because on the office, Dwight was like, "There are too many people. We need a new plague." So uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, we don't have the draft anymore, so Vietnam is not guaranteed to knock out. Oh, some of these we can whip it kids. back up again. Oh, could we? Oh, come on, Congress <laughs> could put that back in ten seconds. Oh God. Um, I'm 40. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of over the draft days. The army you? doesn't want me. Probably not. With your, yeah. you wear glasses and yeah, I wear and... glasses. I'm old. I have a wooden leg, as far as the army knows. He's a pirate. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. So Caddyshack, uh, being one of those movies that we can kind of talk through, like we talk through every other program and movie we've but, ever talked about but to be fair with this one there's just not that much to talk about no at the end of the day there's really not it, it and uh, that's not to insult the movie because i remember this movie it was an iconic movie it's just i don't remember it for all of the things that are happening right now like there's this the caddies are sort of rooting for Danny and yeah, there's they're that on, subplot. They're betting on whether the judge's grandkid is going to pick his nose. Yeah, like you know? all these subtle but, little things that are happening. I just, I don't remember any of this. I remember what the you, gopher. What you remember <laughs> are the jokes and the jokes don't have anything to do with the story. But see, this might be the first movie that we've ever watched that doesn't, that actually defies what we've been talking about this whole podcast in the sense that Okay, I was allowed to watch this movie as a kid. That being said, the dirtiest parts were probably edited out for television. Probably so. However, I guess it... Well, then maybe it doesn't defy the spectrum because it does follow the whole idea that it was quote-unquote subtle enough or distracting enough where I just remember what was funny about it. Well, you know... Or, no, I don't actually... No, it is the opposite because uh, for most things with Rocco, with Spongebob, I remembered the stories as a kid, not necessarily the humor. Uh, but now as an adult, I'm like, oh, God, there's so much dirty humor. I can't even deal with it. I I think I think that it if you if you took the nudity out. Because if you if you step back and take a look at it, the language isn't coarse. Not super. So, it's really no. not. They don't. I mean, if you compare American Pie didn't have a lot of nudity in it. I don't know if it had any nudity. In it. Oh, it had nudity. Did it? Uh, I, I I watched that once, vomited, and then never I think went back. I think there was whipped cream involved, but I think there was nudity to a certain level, if memory serves. But the thing is, um, American Pie was filthy because of the dialogue, because of what they were saying, and and that, and the fact that a kid literally had relationship relations yeah. with um, a pie. Yeah. <laughs> But I guess what I'm saying is that, like, with Caddyshack, yes, it's got it's got new it's got the dirty stuff that is dirty stuff that really happens in real life, which is you've got a bunch of horny teenagers who are working as caddies mm-hmm. and they're sleeping around and, you know, they're one of the caddies is sleeping with one girl and then he sleeps with another girl. Well, that's what that's what horny teenagers do. They're okay. smoking weed. They're they're getting laid. They're getting drunk. <laughs> they're not doing anything that's actually like, well, people, you know, that's really obscene. They're just doing the sort of like normal obscene stuff. That's like, But yeah. it's actually being shown as yeah, regular ju- behavior. Yeah, they're so, just showing yeah. it. It's like, yeah, this is what kids are like. Whereas you know? there's, like, there's. It's an honest kind of dirty, you know. It is, but there were also subtle things going on because, according to uh, Ramus, Caddyshack actually functions as a Marx Brothers film. 
Huh. Oh, oh yes. Because huh. Dangerfield is Groucho, Murray is Harpo, and Chevy Chase is Chico. You know, that, that makes sense because Bill Murray's character was... I, I did hear that he was supposed to originally be completely silent. Really? And that would be like Harpo. Yeah, that would make sense because yeah. they did... And, you know, I got that from Mental Floss, but it would, it would make sense in the first cut of things before... They introduced the gopher. Yeah. So I don't really know because they kind of had to cut the gopher into everything afterwards. Yeah. The, the dolphin gopher, <laughs> if you will. Huh. But yeah, it it just sort of worked out that way. But it, it's it got its subtle moments. But uh, Actually, I do like the, in, in this last sequence where Bill Murray is blowing everything up and it's, you know, the the uh, cliffhanging moment where the, the golf ball is just on the edge of going in and our hero is so close to winning. What I like, and I don't know why I like this, is the fact that Brian Doyle Murray keeps staring at the golf ball. Just he's, knowing it's going to He's go. doing it legitimately. <laughs> he's going to, as the referee, he's going to stare at the golf ball. Because he has the, to. Until the explosions stop. He almost has to. <clears throat> and the finale was an actual caper. Apparently, the, the final scene featured real explosions on a fake green that was built at Rolling Hills Country Club in Davie, Florida, where the film was shot. Uh, and initially, production was not about to let them use real explosives, but the filmmakers <laughs> took. Surprise. But no, the filmmakers took the club's unsuspecting owners out to lunch so they could blow up the green anyway. Really? Yes. They took them out to lunch. Yes, and then they to blew distract it up while them they were gone. It. Oh yeah. So it. it this, you don't get that these days. No, you don't. You'd get, get sued these days. <laughs> well, yeah. And look at all those craters. Like you would get so sued these days for that kind of nonsense. Then, but your honor, all they did was blow up some country clubs in Florida. They got like thousands of them. They do, and <laughs> gators are eating dogs on those greens. So are they really that, that great for people? No, that is, yeah, that is true. My in-laws live in Florida. No, I know my dad. Yeah, yeah, my dad used to run the recreation and parks department down in Jekyll Island, and oh my god, we were visiting down there once, and I saw signs near the water. Uh, wherever the water sort of interfered with the green. I was like, Daddy, why are there signs about, like, no dogs? Are dogs just loud on the golf course, or do they do they mess on the golf course? <laughs> he was like, uh, they do that. He was like, that's true, but uh, actually they can't be near the water. And I was like, why, Daddy? And he goes, oh, the alligators will, uh, like, grab them and eat them yeah. and i was like what yeah. <laughs> i lost it as a well the dogs kid. get poo everywhere well poo a little bit mainly blood yeah yeah did. and bits of fur he was like because sweetheart the the gators will actually <sighs> grab your dog by the head and drag it into the water and i was like yes what is wrong with you yes <laughs> so yeah that's no the thing and, that happens. And, and i can say that many because my, my in-laws live in florida on a golf course in a you know a golf community yes and the recreation I have when I go there is go on the golf cart and go look at the alligators on the golf course. And they just sit there. You yeah, they're just, just hanging out. Yeah, you just see golfers just hanging out, just, you know, playing golf. And there's an alligator just right over there, yeah. you know. They're, yeah, you just you just sort of learn to interact with this ancient dinosaur level Death kind machine. of. Yeah, this thing yeah. that, and they kill you so much. They kill you so much less subtly than sharks do. Oh yeah, that's that. Sharks art. just have the decency to uh, bite you to death. Yeah. Whereas um, alligators and crocodiles, they actually just drag you into the water and twist around until they drown you and rip you apart. Yeah, I would say if I had a choice between a shark and a crocodile, I would definitely go with the shark. 
Yeah, for sure. Because and, and I'll close on this note, listeners. I was once asked. <laughs> no, no, no. I've got, I've got a story to close on. I was once asked in um, a restaurant interview back when I was a bartender. In my young age is what? Oh, you'll see. It takes a turn. I was once asked in an interview before I became a waitress and a bartender at a restaurant in Kennesaw whether I would rather be a zebra or a camel. And immediately I answered, oh, camel, 100%. And the manager in question was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Why is that? Obviously a camel. (laughs) And I know where you're going with this. I said, well, the zebra leads a very stressed out life. Yeah. (laughs) He, um, he, the grass is not always available where he is. He's got to go roaming around for grass to get something to eat. Mm -hmm. That being said, during his travels, he's got to cross rivers Mm -hmm. where the crocodiles are waiting to eat him. He's also being pursued by lionesses across the Serengeti or wherever the zebra lives. And he's being hunted down pretty much no matter what he does. Whereas the camel has one one yeah. enemy and one enemy only, the sand spider. Yeah, that's about it. He doesn't yeah. really have to worry about drink. He doesn't really have to worry about food that much. He's a very resilient animal, the camel. There's nothing that, there's nothing that hunts a camel. Except the sand spider. Except, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that, and that's the one thing he has to worry about as opposed to... But, I mean, oh, spiders, I, we have to worry about spiders. Yeah, so, we do. I mean, so, you know. The camel doesn't have a whole lot of natural enemies to worry about. So, did you yeah, get the job? What? Did you get the job? Yes, I did. Okay, so there you go. So <laughs> that is a hindsight is horrible top tip. Horrifying. God, Not horrible. I always do that. I can't get our email right. You can't <laughs> get our name right. We're a mess. No wonder we're, people aren't emailing us. Profe- they don't know where to find us. We're professionals. We're prof- he's the Cinderella <laughs> boy. Anyway. Oh, you know what? Actually, and and I, I'll, I'm going to make a this. a shout out. Yeah. Uh, but before I do the shout out, I will say that is a top tip. If you are ever having a job interview and you are asked zebra or camel, you must answer camel. And that's why. And that's why yep. you listen to this show. You are smarter now. You're a camel. You're not a zebra. And on that note, why don't you give a shout out to the manufacturer of this fantastic uh, beverage, beverage we've been enjoying uh, from Variant Brewing in Roswell, Georgia. Uh, my friends, the Curlings, run it. It's fantastic. It's a local brewery right next to uh, Roswell City Hall in downtown Roswell. And we've Georgia. actually. Not New Mexico. I literally just said that about two seconds ago. No, I know, ago. I know, okay. but I have to stress that. Yeah. If you go to Roswell, New Mexico, looking for Variant Brewing. You're going to be confused and angry with us. Yes, you will get a, a probing, and they will send you right home. Uh, and then they'll send you to Variant, where we... And then you'll need to go to Variant. <laughs> you'll need to go there for sure. You'll need the beverages there. But, yeah, we enjoy a beverage there pretty much every recording that we have. And we actually learned that we've got... Some of you local listeners out there visiting yes. the brewery. Yes. So please continue doing what you're doing, you wonderful locals, and telling your bartenders and the uh, variant owners that we, hindsight is horrifying, sent you there. And actually, if you go in, this is for a limited time only, if you go in oh God. and you say that the reason you went there is because you heard about variant brewing on hindsight is horrifying, they will say... Thank you. Yes, they will, for, but only for a brief period of time. Yes. Uh, so if you want that politeness, you better earn it. Go and tell them that you were listening to us. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us at hindsightishorrifying.com. You can yell at Jason or myself at our email addresses, uh, Darth Jader at hindsightishorrifying.com or Jason at hindsightishorrifying.com. You can reach me at 
Darth underscore Jader underscore on Twitter, or you can actually reach our Hindsight is Horrifying Twitter at Hindsight Horror. Or you can uh, listen to the, uh, you can see my tweets about model making uh, at North Foggy. If you want to be that much of a nerd and follow Jason's airplane models, that's that's your own business. I, I'm bringing in the uh, the Corsair. That's gonna. I'm putting a shelf up in the studio with my models, and so we're gonna. Well, I'm gonna put Instagram pictures. Nerd. Yeah. See, oh, we yeah. now have to do Revenge of the Nerds because of you. <laughs> Ew. Stop it. Anyway, you know where to reach us. We're desperate to hear from you. Obviously, we're a needy chick, listener, so get in touch with us. That being said, thanks for listening to our very off the rails episode of Caddyshack. And Jason, is there anything else you'd like to add? No, just as usual, thank you very much for spending your daytime, nighttime, or drive time, or whatever the case may be with us. And we will see you next time. Thank you very much, and good evening. Laters. <laughs>